0: Hey, hello. My name is Babblegum Sam or Babblegum Clarice, depending on the time of day. And you're listening to Insert Quest here. I use any pronouns, although he, she, anything is fine. Uh, and I'll be your guest host for today. We'll be we'll be talking to the actual host, former host, and owner of this podcast, Ray Cox. And today we'll be talking about Make Our Own Heaven, the brand new game from Ray. Ray, I'm excited to be interviewing you uh, today. Would you mind introducing yourself to our audience?
1: Yeah, of course. So I'm Ray, which, uh, and you may know me from this very podcast you're listening to. Um, in the past, I have had the pleasure of interviewing many game designers about their upcoming projects, uh, including our current guest host uh, for this episode. I'm very glad to have an opportunity to work with you again, Sam. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I am an artist. Uh, I spent the last year traveling around Australia, um, writing this game, um, and I am now back on uh, Warramai and Awabakal land uh, here in so-called Australia. All right, all right. Uh, and I'm That's very excited long, to but... talk about Make Our Own Heaven, obviously. Uh, I've, I've spent a huge part of this year getting ready to uh, to release this game, so I'm very keen to have a chance to talk about it with someone.
0: Yes. Boy, it's it's always good to learn how to talk about games. That's a very that's a, that's something a lot of people uh we don't know how hard it is to do until we have to do it. Yes, definitely. So that further ado, um let's talk about make your own heaven. Give us the general concept, the elevator pitch. Yeah. Sure.
1: So make our own heaven is a biopunk angel RPG about uh community building, um found family and meaningful resistance uh, in it you play as these young adult angels um are about 19 years old uh who have escaped from a lab uh in the depths of the uh, largest space station orbiting jupiter the capital of uh of the jovian system uh new heaven and these these uh, these angel clones, uh, who have been made from a mysterious source material, are uh, on the run from the people that created them, and uh, and they're trying to survive and uh, and thrive and find a new family in the streets of New Heaven.
0: All right, I think in the best way possible. That sounds like that sounds like a really good young adult. Uh... Young young adult novel, I feel. I mean, yeah, in, in the best yeah, way possible, yeah.
1: Definitely got a little bit of that energy. Um, I mm. would have probably made the angels older, but I didn't really want them to have to suffer through the horrible <laughs> experiments uh, much beyond uh, the minimum I could bear. Um. Um, uh, so that's why I made them 19. But also, like... It would have been cool to have them be like thirty and have escaped. Like you could, like yeah, that that's fun to think about. Like uh, grizzled soldiers rejecting their their life as as uh, as weapons and uh, and trying to run away would be a cool twist on Mikael and Irvin. A bunch of like forty year olds trying to learn how to be not killing machines. I I think
0: that's very possible with the game. With the game itself, you know. I I
1: get the yeah, feeling this is a, yeah
0: yeah mechanically yeah. yeah I was just going to, to say that's...
1: mechanically, there's no limitation preventing you from running it that way. It's just not the way that I wrote the fiction.
0: Yeah. So how did you write the fiction? What kind of mechanics do you get? Yeah, are you have? Are you having?
1: Yeah. So well, I spent a huge part of the writing of Make Our in Heaven. Um, just sort of writing down ideas that I was having and following them to their follow. I say following them to their natural conclusion, but more following them until I ran out of steam. Mm. Um, and, uh, so what that meant is that I ended up writing a lot of mechanics that didn't really support what I wanted the game to be about. So when I got serious on this game, game is so a huge a part of writing this game was I started in like April or something and was like I want to make a new game by the end of this year and I want to use it as an opportunity to hire other people um but before we can hire other people we need to have a fucking game (laughs) that we can actually hire them to work on um and so when we got to like June I was like shit, I really need to, like, work out what this game is about. And when I got to that point, I realized that this wasn't meant to be a game about um, taking down this conspiracy, although that is a component of play, Um, and it wasn't meant to be about being super spies and building, um, like, cells and stuff. And yet... (laughs) The game mechanics at the time was a whole lot of mechanics about how to weaken the power of the authority, the, the people that had created you and secretly control um, New Heaven, where you're living, um, and not a lot of mechanics about like anything else that the game was actually meant to be about. Um, so I had all these rules about the the factions activating and like how to weaken their position and how they escalate their like awareness status of the players and different abilities they can use. And all of that got ripped out and thrown in the bin. Uh, It was, it just was, it was a complete, that's a completely different game to what I wanted to create. I wanted to create a game that was a slice of life power fantasy about dealing with the struggles that come, uh, that rise uh, in your community and, and in trying to build a meaningful connection with your community and not just a locality, not just a place you live, but like a real community that supports one another. Um, and I wanted to build a game that was about that and about having the power to uh, to fight against the people that would undermine that, to fight against the police state and to fight against corporatism and to fl- fight against um to fight against uh unjust uh rule in your community and so that's that's sort of what i mean when i when i say it's a slice of life power fantasy it's like mm. uh yeah it's like what if you had divine abilities and were trying to help the people around you um rather than trying to like Pursue some twisted idea of vengeance. Not that yeah, vengeance yeah, yeah. stories aren't fun to play, just yeah. that it wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm, I, I get that. Yeah. So this is what you're talking about when
0: you say uh, uh meaningful, meaningful uh,
1: resistance. Conflict, yeah.
0: Meaningful, meaningful resistance. Yes.
1: Yeah. So yeah. like, there's there's an idea amongst young people, and one that I have had myself. This sort of idea of like freedom fighters and resistance and like sticking it to the man. And it's like, that's all well and good. And that's awesome. Uh, you know, open revolt. Yeah. If you can do open revolt, awesome. But you know what makes open revolt possible? It is all the tiny things. Like you can't, yes. you can't go out and spit in a cop's face, uh, and, uh, and steal his car. Um, if you don't have a support structure, like you can't yes. weaken the police state, if you uh, if your community isn't strong. And when I say yeah. strong, I mean robust, resilient in the sense of um, of dual power, where you have uh, where you have uh, a strength within your community, a, a resilience based around supporting one another. That means that you aren't dependent anymore on on the state, so you can reject its power, and mm. you can reject, um, you can reject that power by no longer needing the small amount of the token support that the state offers you, basically. Um,
0: right. That's that, you, I see a lot of like, 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 like feelings and thoughts on on this subject. Yeah, and I and I very much like vibe with all sense of like, you know, it's not just um it's not just helpful to like keep lashing out you know we also need to have that that system support and like i suppose like is this directly inspired by your experiences with community and
1: yes uh, <laughs> so i've talked before in interviews like where yeah, i've yeah. been interviewing people about community and how i've always felt in australia <laughs> that mm. our community is thrown around in a way that just means locality to say, Oh, I'm, I'm part of the community of Newcastle. That's the, that's the colonizer name for where I live um, (laughs) is like, that doesn't mean anything. It just means you live in Newcastle. I've lived, I lived here for 20 years, almost exactly. I realized the other day um, before leaving for uh, an extended period. And I never really felt connected to the people mm. that lived here. I definitely felt yeah, connected yeah. to it being a physical place where I live and knowing some facts about it, but it didn't feel like a community in the way that I hear other people talk about community. And I felt yeah, yeah, yeah. more supported in non Uh, physical spaces, which I think is true of a lot of people in this era. Um, And I was envious of real community. And now, I mean, the pandemic served as an amazing catalyst for driving people towards community. And that is also why in Australia, we have seen a huge rise in fascism uh, because fascism (laughs) preys in Well, praise plays in the same space for building power that, uh, that, um, anarchists do, which is to say when people are in need, uh, you can provide them with community. Um, and, and we need to, we need to realize that. And that's why so many people like join fascist movements is because when you're at rock bottom and there's no one or no one. Uh, helping you like we've seen in the pandemic response in Australia where huge swaths of the community have just been ignored uh people look for answers and support and either some like nice person is going to be there to like provide them with food and and uh and shelter or someone's going to be like it's them fucking greens members it's it's the liberal government it's the labor party it's it's whatever like they're going to say whatever the fuck, and they're going to say a bunch of racist shit that I didn't want to use in my <laughs> uh, in my little satire there. Uh, they're yeah, going to say yeah, a yeah. bunch of racist shit blaming oh. the pandemic on wild uh-huh. nonsense.
0: Yeah. Um, People like me.
1: <laughs> yes, they're going to blame a, a huge swaths of yes, yes. the planet. Uh, my, yes, my,
0: yes.
1: At the beginning of the pandemic, I was helping a family member shop and uh, and they were they were buying some like prepackaged rice like in a can yep, yep. with like fish and stuff and um and they're like well oh, I better check where it's from and turned it over and I was like what do you mean check where it's from you haven't checked anything else we've put into the shopping cart yet today oh okay, Dave because like, it's well, rice. what if it's from China and I'm like. What if it is from China? Why would that matter if it was from China? And then it was from Thailand. It's like, oh, no, put it back. And I'm like, why? It's like, well, it's... I'm like, why? It's like, well, because it's... Can we just go? Uh, And then later on, picked out something from Italy. And I was like, why don't you care that it's from Italy? It's like, what do you mean? It's like, well, clearly this is a weird racist pandemic response. Uh, why do you care that something's from Thailand or China, <laughs> but not care that it's from Italy? What do you mean? It's like Italy's had a horrible pandemic response. Yeah, atrocious case numbers yeah. at the time. This is March. Yeah. Um. It was like, well, because Italy's aligned with Australia. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? And it means Italy is a more yeah. white country. Yes. Right. Yes. And yes, so it, yes. it it doesn't count that it had. A horrible yeah. pandemic response. It just, just shit like that. People looking for easy answers. And uh and to circle back around to the point, uh, we've seen <laughs> yeah. a lot of um mutual aid groups flourish in Australia, yeah. providing yeah. actual real support instead of just yeah. providing conspiracy theories about yeah. you know vaccines being dangerous and uh and about you know ethnic minorities being the cause of all of Australia's problems. Oh, like man. no fucking if anything, it's the ethnic majority, my man. Yes. It is the 90% of yeah. white Australians. Yeah. Sorry, 90% yeah. of Australia that is white is what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the mean, I
0: mean, yeah. how how can you think that I mean I, I went to, I went to Sydney, there was like that was like minorities and brown people
1: everywhere. You know? <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. I mean people complain about that as well. But anyway, okay. so that's, <laughs> I mean, look, that's Australia's <laughs> really racist, like really yeah. racist, and really does not want to confront that at all. But you know, and yeah. and so I mean <laughs> sort of circle back around to make our own heaven is a huge <laughs> part of um of the writing for make our own heaven. Was trying to make the place feel representative of both what makes a strong community, diversity, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. but also representation representative of the reality of the situation. And so yeah, yeah. I tried to make the really wealthy districts of New Heaven really lean towards being homogenous. And I tried to make the poorer districts of New Heaven lean towards being diverse. But I also had to work within the limitations of my budget. And so I didn't write a lot of specifics about that, which is a bit of a disappointment on my part, but I wasn't able to hire a bunch of um, writers from different backgrounds to be like, hey, can you write a district from New Heaven, Um, which definitely would be if I had a larger budget, I would have loved to have done that, but I needed to. I needed to hire an editor. And I need to hire fair. an artist, and yeah. an illustrator, and
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, ho- hopefully, it all goes well, and then you get then like you get more cash, you know. In the yeah, future, next project, and be, next project be yeah, bigger. Next project, yeah, 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 yeah. But I think I think it's really good that you brought up like your own lived experience of uh, living Australian, living in these communities. I it obviously it informed the nuance of the game, and to have a nuance story about revolt. Um, I think I think we need more of that. Honestly, yeah. I do yeah. want to ask: How do you how do you feel being a, a colonizer uh, and writing about this? You know, like how do you feel? Uh, like-
1: I, the way I feel is <laughs> um, that uh, the way that I feel. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Complicated, right? Complicated, yes. But also, I feel so a huge part of. This yes, yes. year for me has been examining the way in which I do not belong, uh, which is to say, some of my family is from uh, this continent um, from yeah. before colonization, but I don't really have mm. any connection to that mm. um, family. I didn't really yeah. know that until I was always already an adult, and the and, and that was never really a huge part of my family. So it, it, while it is true, it doesn't feel true. Mm. If that makes sense. It doesn't feel like a part of who I am. And a lot of the rest of my family is not from here. Um, Mm -hmm. but again, because of intersections of colonization and, um, imperialism and capitalism, uh, my family were not, we're not convict immigrants, which is a huge part of like the Australian white yes, identity. Yes. Is saying, like, oh, my parents, <laughs> my family were convicts and they were they're just Aussie battlers, wrongly done by, sent here on a prison sentence. It's like, were they because uh, I doubt it. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, my family, my understanding is that my family tree doesn't have that origin, my family tree be, uh, has an origin of impoverished people being forced by the labor market to emigrate to Australia. So my father's ancestry is Cornish and the Cornish people of Cornwall, eh, which is a part of what we now call England. uh, They were forced by the English to come to Australia Um, And mine, because a huge part of the Cornish industry in the 1800s was tin mining. Well, for, for, for millennia was tin mining and then mining more broadly. And so when there was a gold rush in Australia, in South Australia, that coincided with a uh, closing down of mines in the 1800s in Cornwall, huge amounts of the population emigrated to um, to South Australia to the point where there is a part of South Australia that is called the Cornish Coast or the Cornish Triangle because there's these three towns that yep, yeah. form like a triangle shape on the map uh, that have huge Cornish populations. And that was – I hadn't heard of that until this year when I drove through it. Like I knew that there was Cornish settlers in South Australia, but I didn't know that uh, that the Cornish coast existed, that the Cornish Triangle existed, um, and and yeah, and so I have talking about that feeling of not belonging. I feel like I don't belong to Australia, the continent of, and the lands here of. But I also feel like I don't belong to Cornwall. Like I can't return to Cornwall. There's no yeah. air going back to the ancestral land, which I've seen yeah. people talk about before. Like I've yeah. seen, I've seen people be like racist people be like, "Oh well, yeah. you know, if they, if they, they being the rightful indigenous owners of the of of Australia." Um, have their way. They'll send us all back to blah, blah, blah. It's like that's not going to happen. That yeah. is totally impractical and not in line <laughs> with the, not in line with the ideas of indigenous sovereignty. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and also, I don't belong there any more than I belong here. Yeah. Um, like I don't speak mm. Cornish. Not mm. that the people, many people in Cornwall speak Cornish anymore. Yeah. Um. But like any 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 cultural distinctitude has been yeah. stripped by yeah. the by English imperialism. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A thing that we often think about in Australia is that the I say often the, to me this is a thing that people often think about, but it's not. Many many Australian people never think about this but to me australia is one a lie and two is actually hundreds of countries um hundreds of different um different places um scattered across this massive continent yeah yeah and a big part of this year was realizing also britain like England not a country not a real place no it's not England it's not. is made up of like so many smaller real countries real yeah, yeah, places yeah yeah, yeah um yeah. and the modern idea of an England and even, and when i say modern i mean like the middle ages and back is is a construction of imperialism, be that Roman yeah. imperialism or um, I cannot remember the name of the kingdom now, but basically London <laughs> it is a, it is a concept of London and the yeah. and the kings and queens therein. Uh, yeah. Cornwall is not England, and neither is uh, neither is. Uh, S- well, neither is Wales, Scotland, like Scotland, in the same yeah. way that those places are distinct, all of the places that make up England should also be distinct. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But it's all stripped back to make England. So that's how I feel about colonialism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a sense of I don't belong here and I don't belong there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a really
0: interesting space of word, right? Because um you are white. And that comes yes, with it, like, a lot of stuff.
1: I have but, so much privilege yeah. from that. Yeah,
0: but at the same time, you're kind of fucked up as well because other white people decided to like the richer, more powerful white people decided to fuck over the lesser white people, which is why, like, which is why, like, um, you know, you got people like the Irish or like even the Eastern Europeans being affected by those things, and like that's a very interesting, yeah, place, huge like, amount so, of
1: discrimination yeah. in Britain. Yeah towards i mean historically the irish but also in <laughs> more recent decades uh eastern europeans and stuff yeah um yeah. and i mean the same kind of racism that's directed towards eastern europeans in uh in england was directed towards um i know there's a better word for this but i'm just going to have to use yeah, the yeah, language yeah. that i have available uh people mm-hmm. from the mediterranean yeah. Um. Yeah. Be be that like Greece and Italy, or mm-hmm. um, or mm-hmm. like uh, Lebanon and Malta and yeah. um, and all those, uh, yeah, all yeah. along the Levantine, I think it's called. Um, is another f- term for it. I'm not 100 on that, but yes, like in Australia, in in Britain, in England, in particular in the United Kingdom. <laughs> I wish it was an un-united kingdom. Um, You have this prejudice against, I mean, you have a prejudice against lots of foreigners, but in in this particular example, Eastern Europeans in Australia, that is mirrored in uh, the way that we treat or used to still kind of treat um, people from the Mediterranean. Mm. And then in more Mm. recent years, like that was a big part of the post- World War II era, and that continues on in today, but is lessened. Um, Not enough, not lessened enough. Um, But then in the 80s, and well, in the 70s and 80s, huge amounts of racism towards uh, the waves of Asian immigration. Um, But that Asian immigration also stretches back. So, like, the earliest settlers in um, Broome were white, were white settlers and malay settlers um malay settlers being brought in to work on the pearl diving industry
0: yes oh yeah i'm familiar with that yeah so i I guess
1: like all this
0: in the past year, you mentioned the past year itself you writing this game in like you writing this game the process of you writing this game took place at the same time as you solve like beginning to explore this 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 complicated area more and more that's where the Game comes. Yeah, from.
1: Okay. To a, a lot of yeah. that went into the mm. behind the scenes of writing the game. I don't think it's necessarily explicit in the text of Make Our Own Heaven. Mm. Obviously, <sighs> Make Our Own Heaven is about uh angel children, angel teens, uh uh trying to keep the police state from ruining their community. Um, while also grappling with who they are, so there are themes of that in there. I don't know how explicit it yeah. is, though. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. we were, we are both on a on that self discovery, right? Like the angels yeah. in the fiction are, and I am mm-hmm. too, as I'm mm. traveling yeah. around Australia. Yeah, yeah. And it's not yeah, like that yeah. self discovery started just this year. It just was catalyzed by the fact that I was like free of. Uh, so many obligations for the first time mm. that mm. I was able to think more about it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah.
0: So anyway, this game is, many ways, this game is extremely personal um, to you. What's your, what's your favorite part about the game? What, what's in terms of like, yeah, what's your favorite part about the game? Yeah. Mechan- right, I got, any, I got, I got two, answer.
1: two answers. My favorite part about the game, um, in terms of just the, the text as presented, um. I really love the the character that has come from writing the district section which, where, mm-hmm. where I describe the districts of New Heaven. and I worked really hard to try and make them feel like places you could live, even though like so like Heidi is this stack of shipping container hotels that are almost exposed to the naked vacuum of space. But there is still a sense of like something nice about it in the same way that like living in housing commission in Australia, housing commission is like public housing type of thing. Uh, Like, yes, sucks to a degree, but there are still good things about it. Um, namely cheaper rent Um, but also sometimes housing commission can be in really nice parts of town Um, here in um, Newcastle actually a friend of mine lives in housing commission that's in one of the most expensive suburbs in town and it's right in town and he doesn't have to pay much rent to live in kind of a premium location Um, you know obviously there's a bunch of like It's not like paradise, but that's what I've tried to do with the districts of of New Heaven, even the Mm. horror ones where the players Mm. are meant to want to live. Well, the players are, the players are meant to pick those places. Like you can't, you can't be, um, you can't be fighting for the resistance if you live in fucking Centro, which is the like banking district.
0: Well, it, it, imagine if you did. I feel like that's a challenge. I mean, game, it would you know? be <laughs>
1: cool to be a s to to do your angel, <laughs> angel uh, yeah. squad as like a bunch of squatters who are yeah. who are living in a bank <laughs> in yeah. Centro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Feel that would oh, be man. cool for a one shot yeah, uh, and sure. the yeah. the other thing I was going to say that I really love about the text is that the powers for the angels which are hmm. not in the main book but are on the character sheet just to save space uh the powers for the angels uh they don't have descriptions they just have names basically uh,
0: fantastic
1: uh, when I wrote that the editor was like I think maybe you should do you want to maybe put in some dis- like just a page where we describe what the powers are uh just cuz some of these are really esoteric? <laughs> I'm like, no, I understand why how that's going to be confusing to people, but the whole point is for them to to make what they will. Nice. The
0: nice,
1: nice. Well, well
0: give, give me give me a few examples of these esoteric powers. Yeah,
1: sure, just give yeah. me one second. Nice. Right, okay. Yeah, so yeah, some, some, yeah, some yeah, angel yeah. stuff, some angel abilities. Um, so you have subtle manifestations and obvious manifestations. Um, your subtle manifestations yes, yes. are um they change your internal physiology, but they don't um manifest externally in ways that people could notice. Yes, yes. Uh, so it's things like yeah. Memories of seraphim science. Seraphim being like another word for a type of angel. Um, uh, A sense for lies. Uh, Impossible grace and balance. Thanks to uh, Luke for that one. Um, uh, Skills of the angelic artisans. Uh, So the subtle manifestations are like that and then the obvious manifestations which change you outwardly and are you can't use an obvious manifestation without drawing attention to yourself um it it just is the way of things Uh, an obvious manifestation example might be let's see uh a weapon that blooms from within Mm -hmm. uh golden Burrs covering the body. I mean, that's that's not too esoteric. Uh, one that's a little more esoteric, a physique of shadow, smoke, and light. Yeah,
0: I, I, I like the fact you're really like this this doesn't just stay within the realm of like cyberpunk, you know. This really just like uh it, it invokes a sort of like esoteric religiosity. You know, yeah. especially because they're angels. I like that a lot. You know, I like I like that a lot. A weapon that but, blooms in your body—they can—they can mean anything. You know. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, like yeah. you could—it could be like a sword that you pull from your chest, or it could be like your yeah. arm mutating, like uh, yeah, like Tetsuo in uh, in Akira.
0: Yeah, yeah. You could you um, could you could you could form big guns from your forehead. Yeah. There yeah. is
1: nothing that says it has to be like a sword or something. Yeah, it just says yeah. a weapon. Um, yeah. one of my fa- one of my favorite obvious manifestations is probably a bone crown that turns the wicked. Um, <laughs> in one of the playtests we did, uh, a player turned that on, uh, to try and scare somebody away from the fire, uh, a fire that they were trying to save people from. Um, and the guy was just a really nice person. So it scared him, but it didn't turn him away. But the fire that had been started in this building had been started as an insurance scam. And so the fire was wicked by nature. <laughs> and so I described the fire as recoiling from, uh, from the angel player when they turned on the crown um because the fire had wicked intent
0: basically nice nice i, um, I love the free from, freeformness of fromness of this, of this yeah history.
1: there's no mechanic that yeah. says you have to describe it that way yeah. it's just uh i just realized that yeah. that was the situation and i was like yeah, yeah. i think it, i think the fire is wicked in this context yeah.
0: in, in, in which case not, i think that, that brings us to sort of like another thing uh I, I I would like to talk to you about it. And then that's like inspirations from other games. You know, is this, you know, is this like, we've talked a lot about the concept and like, and like your history of the game, but what about your, your history of games itself? You know, is this, this feels very OSR-ish, I want to say with the, with the okay. way you're treating spells. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't be from,
1: surprised. Yeah. I haven't actually really read that much OSR stuff, but I have definitely talked to uh I've talked to a lot of Sword Dream uh, creators. Yes,
0: yes, yes.
1: um, But I've not read that many OSR games. Um, But a huge influence on the mechanical design for this game was um, I wanted to do something where you spend resources to activate, to to do stuff. And originally there Mm. wasn't going to be dice, but I just sort of, I got to a point in design and time where I was like, uh this is going to be easier to write if I put uh put stuff I'm familiar with into it. So I, I did end up yes, putting yes, in yes. dice rolling, yeah. but you do still need to spend resources to activate um powers yeah. and skills yeah. and and even to roll. Yeah. Normally, you need to to invest a little bit of energy. Yeah. Um, and that mentioned- is, uh, and and that influence actually comes probably from um from Gumshoe and, uh-huh. and also from Red Markets um, and probably from a bunch of other places, but those would be my most like obvious influences there. Um, mm. But also the rolling mechanic for this game is actually an evolution of um, a couple of games that I have been writing for a while. Um, so... Uh, so, it's sort of the uh, another version of the tech that went into Black Skies for Babylon, which is my tragedy combat game where you control squads of soldiers on a deadly mission. Um, and, and similarly, uh, based on the tech that went into Last Nights on Earth which is about Mad Max, Arthurian knights in the post-apocalyptic wasteland. Um, And that game was originally inspired by big motherfucking crab truckers. Um, uh, So I had modified those mechanics um, and then modified them more and more and more. And then we ended up with uh, basically a whole new game. And then Black Skies for Babylon. And then this. And then another... (laughs) Another blasphemous, heretical game coming out soon called Reclaim Eternity, um, which is a smaller project than Make Our Own Heaven, but is uh, is in a similar vein of Gee. attack and dethrone God. That's, uh, um,
0: that's, that, there's a lot of uh, religious spite uh, here. Mm. Yeah,
1: I don't know that's, why, because yeah. I kind of moved past that aspect of myself. It was a huge part of uh, being a teenager uh-huh. for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh,
1: and now I've sort of circled back around. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't feel more hateful to God than normal, but uh, it's just, I don't know. It feels fun to write about at the moment. Um, and and I don't know what other games have influenced me. I definitely, when was writing this game, thought a lot about um, how this game could be powered by the apocalypse, um, but that would take too much time. And then I also thought about how really this game would work amazingly well as a belonging outside belonging game. Um, and so many amazing people have written written games in that system, but I just don't know it very well and I didn't have enough time to do that. So I had to, weirdly, making something almost from scratch was faster um, than trying to adapt to... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, belonging Outside Belonging, which I don't yeah. know very well or trying to write a yeah. card by the Apocalypse game, which yeah. are easy but time intensive <laughs> uh, I,
0: I, get, I get what you mean I, I, I get what you mean uh, I think there's also the fear of like, if you use a different engine, right, you may not be using it to its fullest extent, or you may be losing out some nuances, so at least this system, this system you're using, is something you are confident about and that's something that you understand
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that is a good read of this and definitely why I chose it. Like, I wasn't going to, I wasn't gonna potentially miss something obvious about Mm. the mechanical design, Mm. which is, Mm. (laughs) I mean, I did miss a bunch of things that were obvious when we went to editing, but, um, but it was definitely, (laughs) it was definitely, uh, I wasn't gonna like write some shitty version of a mechanic that someone had already wrote like a really amazing version of. Like, there wasn't a whole wealth of research I needed to do. Yeah, yeah. um, Because I wasn't trying to fit this into an existing ecosystem Mm. of mechanics. Mm.
0: All right, all right. Speaking of game design, uh, what's your most controversial game design opinion?
1: My most controversial game design opinion. I mean, I mean, I'm sure if you asked me on a different day, I'd give you a different answer. (laughs) Um, But uh, (laughs) I'm trying to I'm trying to decide how how flippant I want to be.
0: Uh, say say something that 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 also by age thirty was getting cancelled. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. Um, look, I think probably my most controversial game design opinion is that uh, is that you actually my most controversial creating anything opinion be yes, this game yes. design be Very this nice. be this Even running a game fair. be it making necklaces. Uh, you cannot uh complete a project by planning for it alone. Uh
0: oh you, you cannot <laughs> you
1: cannot just spend eternity in research and planning. You have to take a step oh, forward man. and do the thing.
0: Oh um, man. Oh that's that's painful. That's painful.
1: That's my most controversial <laughs> controversial thing. So anything that gets you there, right? Like yeah. don't don't languish in preparation. Um yeah. you'll never yeah. there's never gonna be a perfect time. You're never mm-hmm. gonna
0: yeah.
1: have the you're never gonna be perfectly prepared. You can yeah. only be uh, you can only be better prepared. Um yeah. that's great. And there's no point and that preparedness is not linear um it's you're not going to really get not. better <laughs> prepared each day in fact some yeah. sometimes you will go backwards as evidenced yeah. by how many game designers were putting out heaps of stuff mm-hmm. and then december 2019 rocks around and so many of i didn't make an insert quest here podcast for like almost 9 months straight ah uh, I was close to having a pod, a, uh, a play test ready for my PBTA mech game. That's now unlikely to happen until uh, mid year 2022. Like so preparedness is not linear. You, you are, you are going to have things come up that will make you go backwards. And so don't mm. spend forever
0: mm. yes, trying
1: yes. to be in the perfect position to act. You can't yeah. be. Nothing can ever be perfect, and you can never be in the perfect position Amen. to act. You can only Amen. act now or act
0: later. Yeah, I get that. That's probably has been like a motif of this whole process. Yeah, how's it like working? Do like how's it like working with a team? Yeah,
1: yeah. Like uh, being,
0: being the big boss.
1: Uh, well, I'm probably not super great at being the big boss. I've tried to be hands off um, and let people do their own thing. I'm working with a lot of people that don't respond very well to uh, concrete deadlines um, uh, and definitely don't respond well to micromanaging. So I've tried to play to the strengths there. I've let them take control of the, of their aspects of the project. And, um, but it's been, it's been interesting. I've definitely always seen the value in collaboration But it always has felt uh, like, like I, it's always felt out of my reach to hire people. That's a different kind of collaboration. Um, Mm. And I really wanted to get some practice in. So that's kind of why I made this project, really. Um, But it's been good. I've really, it's really wonderful having an illustrator. Um, I've uh, probably the most surprising was how amazing the editor has been. Um, so all of the people that I've hired for the project have been people that are breaking into the industry. So, uh, Nika Romanoff, uh, Romanoff, no, not Romanoff. Sorry. Nika has multiple names. Uh, sorry. Uh, Nika, Oh no, it is Nika Romanoff. I was thinking, (laughs) I don't know why I got that confused. Uh, Nika Romanoff, amazing artist, uh, has done lots of artwork, uh, for, commission and different projects. I think he's worked on like a comic in the past. Um, I really love Nika's paintings um, and he, yeah, he came on board um, as kind of a way of trying to draw more attention to their art and trying to get more eyes on it. Um, so having worked on a bunch of role-playing game projects, but hopefully will in the future um Emma Salmon's uh is a ca- up and coming layout designer um worked on a project for Sydney um the i can't remember the name of the book um but Sydney's like D&D like a guide to dying thing um if anyone remembers that uh yeah uh but but Emma is doing a bunch of work on um on Layout work for people, character sheet design, full book design, things like that, and then obviously the editor, um, Lachlan McGowan, who is uh, who. This is going to be his first um, RPG editing project, um, and has done a phenomenal go- uh, job, especially um, developmental editing. Uh, but the thing that has has been most useful. Uh, has been like, obviously catching all my spelling mistakes and grammatical errors. That's a given, but has been amazing at restructuring the presentation of information in the book. So we rearranged chapters so that the information flow was better. um, And so that you were learning the game in a more, if you were just reading the book, in a more like conducive manner. Um, so changing all of the ordering on that sort of stuff, um, that was super useful. And changing the ordering on the setting information so that you're learning the setting part of the game in 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 just a, a better way. Just, I didn't expect... Uh, I knew that that could be better than what I had written. I didn't expect Lachlan to do such an amazing, uh, job of rearranging that. Um, and I have been blown away with, uh, with his efforts in that regard. Um, I knew that layout and illustration could make a huge difference to a project. I wasn't prepared for how amazing having a dedicated editor and a, and a skilled editor, um, how much of a, difference that could make to a project i um, i'm not gonna gonna lie i had clearly been underestimating the impact a good editor can have
0: all right that's 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 fantastic that's quite that's quite good yeah hmm. but like, i guess like now that we we've seen into the process and concept of the game and into the mechanics and to like your know, the process like i, I do want to ask um where do you see yourself as an indie creator?
1: <laughs> Where do I Especially see myself as an indie creator?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I was actually my my partner the other day uh, was very um, has been very supportive and very like um, I mean is always very supportive, but uh, has really been celebrating how um, how hard I've been working, which is new for me. I'm used to people telling me i'm lazy um so it has been a big change to have someone congratulating me for working so hard um and the other day they said uh they remarked that they felt like i was uh in an off sort of half hand comment mentioned that they thought i was famous i'm like i'm not i'm not <laughs> famous <laughs> i am I am the equivalent of someone who turns up to a lot of gigs at uh, in one town. like <laughs> I am yeah. I am a presence. I'm sure people have seen me around. I don't think many people yeah, yeah. know my work.
0: Yeah,
1: um, yeah. I, and sort of that's where I feel as an indie designer. I feel like a lot of my peers are a lot of my peers also struggle. With mental health, I struggle with my ADHD and mm. depression, and I also have a uh, permanent injury to my um, lower back, um, with basically a nerve injury, mm. um, and all of those things sort of impact my ability to my ability to work, and I often feel like my my skill set is super useful for making games, but not the kind of skill set that people are hiring out for. Yeah. Um, which is all to say that I often feel like I'm being left behind. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, like my peers are putting out more work um, and like, I can't really match, not even, it's not even really about matching their output. Cause I've kind of like learned to accept uh, my, that what I can do and my ability, but just often feeling like people don't pay attention to what I'm doing and what I'm making. And so, yeah, that's sort of what I where I feel like as an indie designer. Mm. I feel like people think I am more successful than I am. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, I I I guess I guess yeah, I I guess this could be like sort of like a, a piece of comfort for for you, but like almost everybody I've talked to who is indie, it feels exactly the same way. So uh, yeah. yeah, even those with like a lot of followers, a lot of likes, they're yeah, like. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm doing enough. So like, yeah. I, I mean, that that's what helped me, I guess, because everybody is just in pain.
1: Yeah. I know that, um, um sort of a uh, circling back to something that we talked about earlier is I often feel like I haven't leveraged the privileges that I have been yeah, afforded yeah. well enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sort of like, you know, when people talk about like how some famous guy is just a mediocre white man, and, like a mediocre straight white man and like kind of got his position through no effort. And I'm like, yeah. damn, I'm putting in so much effort and not getting <laughs> anything for it. Oh, am, man. Ugh, like, oh, man. I'm still not working as hard as so many other people. and I And yeah. I have so many advantages. And it just feels sometimes yeah. like, you're not capitalizing on the advantages you've been given. And that sucks. That feels like that sort of feels like um, it feels like there's a trigger, trigger warning for like intersection of disability and fat phobia. But Mm. sometimes uh, it feels like when you as a, as a fat person are longing for someone else's disease. Which is super fucked up, right? Mm. You're like, damn! I wish I had a horrible parasite so that I'd become thin. And it's like that's yeah. fucking, yeah. That's like brain meltingly bad. Yeah, yeah. To have. yeah. Um, and that that's sort of what it feels like. It's like, damn! Mm. I I'm got all these privileges. And I'm doing nothing with it. It's like,
0: god. Yeah, yeah. It, it, oh, it it's a real comp. It's a real complicated space. Oh, jeez.
1: Tra- <laughs> oh, oh, or or geez. like, so I'm gender fluid trans. Uh, yeah. Adjacent feeling is all like similar feeling is like, um. damn, I wish I got catcalled. It's like, no, I fucking don't. But also. You, you, yeah. I, the no, gender I, I, euphoria I, I, of being catcalled, right?
0: Yeah. Gender euphoria. But the, the...
1: <laughs> But oh, also yeah. the utter disgust. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I know exactly
0: how you feel. It's... uh.
1: Oh, man. I don't Oh, man. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's it's a bad feel. It's a bad yeah. feeling. Yeah. yeah. And, and
0: imagine still feeling like this uh, even after we've gotten what we've wanted, you know? You know, after we become famous indie darlings, you know, and bring yeah. in
1: the, the, mag, the magpie money. You know, yeah, after, after I get yeah. cancelled for saying, like, some horribly racist thing on a Twitch yeah. stream. Yeah. Oh,
0: man. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think I don't think we, we we probably won't be feeling any different, you know. Yeah. I think I don't know. Maybe. Uh... I bet, you
1: know what? I don't. I think you're right. I think that probably people. Yeah, I think probably it's you're always sort of feeling like you're you're not quite <laughs> adequate enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I think it's dangerous once we start feeling as if we're adequate, you know. I like, can imagine a lot of famous Hollywood actors and directors, right? A lot of them have struggled with this internally. They just don't say it. And it's the ones that who don't struggle with it that you got to watch out for. You know? Yeah,
1: people that are like, no, I'm fucking amazing. It's like, oh, "Alright, you don't have any yeah, self-doubt? Right. Like, no, I don't have yeah, any self-doubt. Right. It's
0: like, yeah, I'm, damn. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to name drop these directors or actors, but like everybody's like, you're not as good as, as you think you were. You're yeah, not bad, yeah. but you're not as good. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I guess it's good to be, you know. Definitely, perfect. a
1: thing that I am w- wary of is uh, well, not even wary. I, I just, I, I often think about like, how can I improve? How can I be a better person? And it's not really chasing perfection. It's just like, can I be Keeping better? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not, not, <laughs> uh, not wanting to stagnate. Um, you know. Yeah.
0: yeah, and we're gonna work ourselves, keep trying to the day we die. Cause that's art. That's, uh, that's, know. that's not healthy. I don't know, man, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. Oh, oh, man. Okay. Wow. We, we went places. What do you see yourself going in your, in your indie career?
1: (laughs) Where do I see myself going in my indie career? Fuck. I would settle for that. Right now. I'd love to, uh, have this game break even and then, uh, and then make a lot of profit. (laughs) Um, that would be awesome, awesome. Uh, but honestly, I I got ADHD. I don't I don't plan that far yeah. ahead. I'm yeah, amazed yeah. I plan. I'm amazed that I know that I'm going to be playtesting another game in 2022. I am not normally um, planning that far
0: it's ahead. It's like oh God, geez, give me give me a crumb of breaking even. I just want to break even.
1: Yeah. Please. Give me, <laughs> hey hey, people <laughs> in the United States, maybe spend some money on indie games. Yeah. Where, where your dollar is yeah. worth like. I mean, yeah. I live in one of the wealthier countries in the world, and an American dollar is still worth like yeah almost double my dollar. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like mm. please, please buy my yeah. fucking
0: book. I, I, imagine how imagine how I feel, you know. With, I yeah, know, right? I
1: remember yeah. uh yeah, we were we had oh, yeah, talked we about happen. pricing before, and I was like yeah. Yeah, damn! I can't believe that's a lot. I, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah Ameri- Americans they love to spend money, so like, please, America. Yeah, America, come
1: please, spend money. You can,
0: you can afford it. I can't. Yeah, I I'm a community coffee coffee guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. I think I think we're good here. We ended we are, we ended on like three. Um, where do we grab a coffee, and where can we? find more from you, Ray.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sure. So if you want to follow my work, you can check me out on itch.io. I'm there as Raycox or Razor. It's about Um, R-E-I-Z-O-R. But you can find all the links to that down in the description. Um, And I'm also really active on Twitter, Um, uh, tweeting about my game design processes, but also tweeting about like... Really, really wanting people to like change their notification settings so that I don't have to see them using yeah, yeah. the stupid spaces feature on Twitter, which I hate. I hate it. I hate the push notification at the top of my feed. Mm. Um, so, which is all to say, my Twitter feed is very stream of consciousness. Um, but it's a really good place to see what projects are coming out from me and get a sneak peek at what I'm working on um and uh yeah you can support me on uh patreon as well uh and like i said links down below all right all oh right. and make our own heaven comes out on the 17th of december so december. please go check that out that's 17th hey. of december uh hey. australian time uh that's like so that's s- yeah it's nine it's uh six eighteen days crunch, 19 crunch, days crunch, yesterday crunch. <laughs>
0: 18 days
1: away. That's just over two weeks.
0: Let's go. Uh, but yeah, all right. right. That's
1: the 17th of December, Australian time. So 16th for Americans, probably like at 8 p.m. because American time (laughs) zone stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh 17th of December on itch. Go check Uh, it out, make it around heaven.
0: Keep that in mind, everybody who's listening in. Yeah, okay. Very good, very good um
1: sam yeah. did you want to uh, shout out anyone i mean you're the guest host
0: i want to shout myself out i'm not yeah. sure about anyone else yeah <laughs> my name is you can find me on on, on twitter at babblegumsam you can also find me on itch.io at babblegumsam uh i make all sorts of games i make very christian games i make body horror games inspired by some of the most disturbing movies uh ever ever created i also do uh I also do like slice of life uh BOB stuff. You can follow me on Twitter where I talk my about how uh BOB games should not use tokens and other other, other shit like that. Oh, is that um, your controversial I'm also game guess, design opinion? Like that's one of that's one of the, nobody seems to be upset about it. So it's like I guess <laughs> I'm fine. Um Yeah, yeah. Find me on find me itch. Yeah. Um I'm I'm making I'm developing a game called Capital lights uh soon to be out in it's out in early access now. So you can actually play the full game. Uh, we're getting all the layout and all the art done uh sometime in the quarter of one of two thousand and twenty-two. Uh apart from that, yeah, that that's that's me. That's me for game design. Um let's say, do you want to shout out a random person? A random person they
1: haven't
0: yet. Yeah, uh, I'd love you to, like?
1: I'd love to give a shout out to uh to Logan who wrote the uh First, as far as I'm aware, autobiographical uh, role-playing game, uh, which is yeah, titled yeah, yeah, yeah. Logan. I uh, fucking love, uh, love all the work yeah. that Logan's doing, and I love Logan yeah. the game as well. So yes. go check that uh, out. I
0: can, I can vouch for that because I played it as well. Um, okay, I hope you all enjoyed listening to Insert Quest here with your temporary host, uh, Babblegum Sam, interviewing Ray and... Uh, yeah, do check. Make your make your own heaven out on December seventeenth. Uh, um, for now, farewell from the past. I'm Sam.